We're starting a new series today called Reconciled. And if you turn on the news, if you're on social media at all, I think it's safe to say that while the series is in past tense, this is something we are still struggling to, to grasp, to be, to walk in, to even understand, to be reconciled. And because of time's sake a little bit today, I'm going to set the stage, and then we're going, to, we're going to get into this further in the weeks to come. But let's be really honest with each other. When we, when we look at the, the nation right now, the, the country that we're a part of, there is a lot of division. Politically, to say the least. Racially, to say the least. Economically. Faith, beliefs, ethnicity, your religion, etc. There's a, there's a tremendous tension right now. And one of the things that we have just struggled with as a people is walking out reconciliation with one another. But before we can talk about what it means to really be reconciled with each other, we've got to understand what it means to be reconciled to God. Because more often than not, we just don't get it. You guys with me this morning? So here's what I'm asking you to do. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be chopping this message up. Um, while I'm up here, so if you see me just staring blankly at my iPad, um, I'm just adjusting a couple things. It ain't no thing. So here's what we're doing. Definition of reconciliation. According to the Webster's Dictionary, I love definitions. I have the giant 1828 Webster's Original Dictionary and I use it all the time when I'm working on messages. I know that's the nerdiest thing ever. I don't care. I'm a word nerd. I love it. The act of causing two people to become friendly again. After an argument or disagreement. Or the act of making one belief compatible with one another. So in other words, for reconciliation to truly occur, change has to take place. There has to be a positional change for there to be true reconciliation. Something is broken and it is restored. If you've ever had a, you ever had a friendship before that just went bad? Oh, everybody has. I mean, if it's, if it's been a while, think back to high school, Okay. I mean, everybody had that friend that all of a sudden just decided they weren't going to be their friend anymore. Sometimes they said it literally just like that. And that friend felt more like an enemy. And there was just trash talk, but not the good kind. There was just, you know, jabs and digs and gossip. Just talking about one another and creating an unhealthy environment and just Two people who used to be healthy and have friendship are now apart. And what do they need? Reconciliation. I graduated with an economics degree, finance, accounting. And interestingly enough, 
One of the words that is used in accounting practice a great deal is reconcile. Now, when I was growing up, I used to, I don't know how many people really do this anymore. But anybody remember seeing their mom or dad sitting at the kitchen table, balancing their checkbook? Oh, yeah. Yeah, some of you, hey, if that's your thing, awesome. But it was before all the technologies that existed with banking. And, I mean, the calculator was out, the pen is out, and, and you know, they're going through uh, the, 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 their, their bank statement and their checkbook to make sure everything is reconciled, that it makes sense. And there would always be, you know, the, 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 the dollar or the cents. I remember it vividly, and it would bother my mom. You know, where's that missing dollar? Not that she really cared, but the principle of it. Where's that buck at or that two bucks or that three bucks? And you would work to find the missing link to bring reconciliation to your checking account. My mom's sister, I'm probably going to be in trouble for sharing this story. Oh, man. Her first checking account, and this was a long time ago, in Chicago, Got her first checking account and got her first checkbook. But just didn't quite grasp how it all worked. <laughs> so she was writing checks like it was her job. You know, oh, I'll just write a check for that. I'll, just, I'll write a check for that. It's no thing. I mean, it's a checkbook. I just write the numbers in and hand you a check, right? Of course. And so... God bless the bank manager. He called my, my aunt in, sat her down in the office, and began to explain to her that she's writing all these checks, but she does not have the money in her checking account to cover the checks. And she's sitting there, and she's thinking, well, oh, okay, and helps her understand you've actually overdrawn on your checking account. Do you understand how this works? You mean I owe the bank money? Yes, actually, you, you do. You owe the bank money. And so she got her purse out and she said, no problem. I'll just write you a check. <laughs> She's, this really, really happened. <laughs> I'm not making it up. How much do, how much do, how much do I owe you? It's no problem. I got a checkbook. I got this covered. Right? Here's the thing about reconciliation. It's a lot like that, where we kind of fundamentally get it. You know, there's the checking account and the checkbook, but we just don't quite grasp what it really means to be reconciled to God. We just don't get it. It's, it's like the checkbook. No problem. Huh? Here we go. Problem solved. No. No, it's not. It's actually way better. It's way better than oftentimes we think it is. Check this out. Turn to Genesis chapter 3. We're going to talk about reconciliation in Scripture. Pastor West, we're going to go ahead and end still at the same time. So if you need to come up here, just come on up here. Um, and we'll, we'll make a part two. Genesis 3, 8 through 10, I want you to see the picture of what life was like with God before sin entered the world. It says, Then they 
heard the Lord God, this is Adam and Eve, walking in the garden during the cool part of the day, and the man and his wife hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. But God called to the man and said, where are you? The man answered, I heard you walking in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. We see sin enter the world and we see man instinctively begin to hide. But understand, if you're not reading scripture with the right lens, there's something that's happening here that oftentimes we miss. It's that God was walking with Adam and Eve, or at least was attempting to, in the cool of the day. And he wondered, where, well, where are Adam and Eve? Where are they actually at? And they were hiding from him. They heard the noise. They didn't say, I wonder what that is. They didn't say, I, I bet that's a big bear cat that's trying to just take us down. We better run and hide. No, there was such a conditioning of knowing what it looked like and sounded like for God to be walking in the garden that they didn't have to even see him. They knew, oh, that's God. It's time for our typical walk through the garden. We better go hide. And so sin enters and we begin to see the friendship that God had with his people, with Adam and Eve. It's gone. It's broken. In need of reconciliation. Scripture says that our sin before a perfect and holy God, it's so grievous that Scripture actually describes you and I as enemies of God. I don't like that. I don't like to think of myself as an enemy of anybody. But this is where, when I say the checkbook, it doesn't quite always compute. Is that we oftentimes miss the gravity of our sin. We miss the wickedness of it before a perfect and holy God. And thanks be to God that he has provided a way and made a way for us to be miraculously changed and transformed. But it doesn't change the fact that our sin still is wretched and wicked and evil before a God that is perfect and righteous and holy. In fact, it's so ugly and it's so stank nasty that God describes you and I as his enemies. Wow. Now I'm going to get for real for a second. Because when you and I think of an enemy, most of us think just... Just being real for a second. This isn't going to get into a debate. Most of us think of things like ISIS. We think of terrorism, terrorists at large. We think of people going in and shooting up clubs. That's what I define as an enemy. And God is saying that I am his enemy. I don't like that. It bothers me until I come to grips with the fact that that is how God sees sin. And it's got to be dealt with. I'm 
thankful this morning. Thankful for this school. I'm thankful for the opportunity for us to be a church. Thankful for this community. I am thankful to God for sending his son, Jesus Christ, for you and for me. There was a debt, your sin, the debt of that sin was so great that you could never repay it. You could never dig yourself out of that ditch. It's a never-ending ditch, so to speak. And it needs a supernatural, miraculous moment to make it right. But here's the thing that oftentimes we miss in church, okay? And it's going to sound like I'm making light of it, and I'm not. Your sin has to be accounted for. And the word forgive literally just means to cancel payment. It means the the sin, what you owe God for the sin before him, you cannot pay that debt. It's too great. It's too weighty. It's too massive. But he chooses in his great graces to send his son who died for you, creating a way for you to be forgiven Jesus paid the sacrifice with his life for you and for me. And the debt is paid. But oftentimes, that is where the buck stops for you and I in our relationship with God. And I want you to hear this. God's forgiveness, it gives you freedom. You're free from the weight of that, the slavery of sin and the debt of which you owe. His forgiveness gives you freedom, but it's his reconciliation that actually gives you his friendship. And so many of us walk in, in the wholeness of being forgiven and we never learn how to be a friend with God. Well, we're forgiven And we're in right standing before God, but we simply have lost what it looks like to walk with God in the cool of the day. We don't know what it means anymore when God says that he is our friend. We don't grasp what it means anymore to say that I am a friend of God. How can we even say that? It's because we're so used to dysfunction We're so used to to the transactional agreement that we have before God. I owe this. You wiped that clean. I no longer owe this. But that doesn't mean that you have friendship. It doesn't mean that you're walking with God, sensitive to God, in real bona fide, life-changing relationship with God. If I can be real honest as a pastor who's been doing this for a good while, so much of what people need in their marriages, so much of what people need in their fears and their stresses and their anxieties is to learn how to walk in friendship with God. And if we can get that right, it's amazing how it impacts every single relationship 
and other thing that we do. That is the beauty and gift of being reconciled. It's not just that your sins are forgiven. It's that you get to be restored to having friendship with God. It's an amazing thing. And so this is where I'm going to leave you today. The cliffhanger of knowing you can be friends with God, but maybe having no idea how to do that. And that's why you get to come back next week for part two of Reconciled. Let me make sure there's not anything else that I need to say today. Yeah, I'm going to wrap it right there. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray. And then I want you to walk out these doors with the hope that your life can be different. I want you to walk out the doors knowing that Jesus Christ has made a way for you to be forgiven and for your sins to be accounted for and paid for, that you can be free from the slavery of sin and the impossible debt with which you owe God. And I also want you to walk out the doors today with the hope that you can walk in great and deep and life-changing friendship with the King of Kings and the Prince of Peace and the Lord of Lords. You can actually know Him and He can actually know you and you can be a different person because of it. And you may not have the answers right now for what that looks like. That's all right. You can start by taking a deep breath and saying, thank you, God. And God, I want to figure out how to do this. And that's what we're going to pick up next week.